right, so you can go ahead and introduce yourself for people right. that don't know who you are. All right, I'm Bishop Cornelius Bowser, pastor of Charity Apostolic Church, also um, uh, program director of uh, Shafat Outreach, which is a outreach program uh, designed to uh, help youth and, and young adults who are uh, trapped in the gang and gang life and violent lifestyle uh, to, to help them to, to uh, transform their mind that they can change their life all right so uh, how about we just start from the beginning and uh, tell us about how your childhood was how my childhood was yeah. um, well my childhood is a unique one because you know I, I'm, I'm not originally from San Diego I was born in El Centro um, and at the age of two years old my mom brought me here to um, San Diego uh, my aunt uh, my oldest aunt Aunt D she um, was already here that's my mom's oldest sister and so uh, she, they came she came up here because of that and that's how I uh, came to San Diego but of course I'm, I consider myself a native San Diegan because I've been here since I was two years old. <laughs> so, um, but <clears throat> my childhood, I, I grew up uh, in the 60s and the 70s as a child, you know, before I reached um, uh, my, teen, my teenage years and so on. You know, I, I grew up over in um, uh, what we know through by the black gang, West Coast Crips, uh, but there's various communities in that community. You know, you have Logan Heights, you have Body of Logan, you have uh, Sherman, you have uh, Grand Hills, you have Stockton, you have Memorial Park. Uh, you have all these various communities, but our, our our gang that I was part of covered all of that, that community over there. So I grew up over there. Uh, the area that I grew up in, uh, what I can remember as a child growing up was um, the Black Panthers. Uh, I, re I remember, you know, my mom, we lived on, um, uh, I believe it's Clay Street. And um, uh, we used to go outside because, you know, the Black Panthers would be marching down the street there. Their headquarters was, I believe, it was down on 30th and Imperial, somewhere down there. Uh, uh, 20, uh, Clay, yeah. and, and Michael Black Panthers, all yeah. that kind of back in the 60s That's and 70s, you know. That's I, good. I, yeah, I remember spoke, all that. Man, we talked headquarters about, was on 30th, right? Mm -hmm. 30th, 30th and uh, yeah. Imperial. That's what I was telling Imperial. you. Yeah. I was pretty smart. You know, I was pretty smart. Um, uh, my mother, my father, my mother, Ernestine Bowser, my, my dad, James Bowser. Um, they raised me in a strict form of, of um, they weren't Christians, but they grew up in Christian homes. So you heard a lot of talk about God in the home, even though they were cussing and doing everything else, partying and hold your bang as young, young folks themselves in their 20s. Um, and, and, and yeah, early 20s, I should say. But uh, I, I grew up in a strict childhood, right? And so my thing was, as a kid, uh, you know, we played, we played, you know, I, I had friends that I met <clears throat> in the community uh, because before I lived in the coast, we lived over in what, what known as neighborhood neighborhoods. I was uh, about four years old when my mom then moved over into the coast on uh, Clay Street. And um, I remember uh, my first friend that I met over in the coast was Emmett Williams. Uh, I lived two doors from him on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on Clay Street. And I remember being outside playing, and, and this is a trip, right, because now we wouldn't let our four-year-old child go outside and play by themselves, right? But back then, you know, my mom, uh, we had a, a house or a duplex, whatever it was, in the back, and there's a house in the front. And I was out on the sidewalk, you know, playing by myself. I don't know, playing in the dirt, doing something. And uh, Emmett saw me. He was a couple years older than me, and he, he came down and introduced himself to me. He said, hey, you know, uh, uh, I'm Emmett. I live right there, blah, blah, blah. 
And he told me, he said, he, you know, he said, hey, you know, there's going to be a lot of people later on that's going to be coming down here to play football and things like that. So, you know, come, come on out, you know. And so uh, um, later on that day, they did. They came out and started playing football. And so that's how I met a lot of the guys. The, all these guys that I grew up with as a child, they were not, none of them really, except Emmett got caught up a little bit. But uh, uh, most of them did not really get caught up in the gang lifestyle, right? Uh, 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 most of you guys are into Yep, so this street here, uh, Clay Street, this is one of the streets that we played football on and uh, played and we, Emmett lived right there in that big old house right there. We used to play uh, hide and seek right there and hang out and so on. And this street, you know, now it's all Mexicans, but back when I grew up, this whole street was all blacks, you know, basically. Uh, this was a, a heavy, dense uh, black community. I lived right here, um, uh, but before I lived here, uh, on, the, on South 30th Street, on 30th Street, I live down here, uh, where you see the uh, the fences, the, the wooden fences, or uh, uh, right next to that, we can walk down there and I can show you uh, where where I used to where um, I should live down there too. street out here but yep this is this is it used to be a little store down the street that we used to go to all the time um, i would save money up and uh, you 25 cent you can go buy a whole bunch of stuff for 25 cent back in the days back in the 60s and going into the 70s and stuff but but um this was back in the 70s, 60s because i moved here uh when i was about four years old so that was like around 66 and um we, we stayed here then we moved there and then we moved on 30th and franklin and um, yeah, sports, you know, going to school and, and just do, having goals and plans in life to want to do things. Um, but um, still coming up as a black young man, um, you still kind of dealt with the violence from the perspective of fighting. And I, I guess that's everywhere where you, you're going to have to hold your own ground. So I did get in a lot of fights um, with a lot of people. Uh, so, so as you got older, um how, how, how did you perceive your neighborhood? As I got older, you know, really, um, I, I got rooted in, in, in that community. Even before the, the, uh, the gang stuff broke out, I was rooted in that community. And I loved that community, and I viewed that community as my community. That's, you know, I, all my friends were there, everybody I knew was there. And I was the kind of person, I wasn't interested in um, meeting new people somewhere else. Because uh, to give you an example, my mom, them, um, they moved back over to the hood, right? And this was before banging though. And um, they lived, we lived on 47th and 46th and Hilltop, really 47th Hilltop, right on the corner, right across the street from Gompers. And even then, you know, uh, as a young kid, I still went to, I still went to, I, I still caught the bus to, at that time it was called Logan Elementary. I still caught the bus to Logan. I did not go to um, uh, the schools over there. I did not want to hang out with the people over there. 
and it wasn't banging there was no west coast crip and all that kind of stuff back then or neighborhood crips and all that it was none of that but it was just that the way i connected with my friends over there connected with that community that was my community and so uh i used to catch the bus as, as a young person um uh to to back to school logan um uh logan i mentioned then of course when the banging stuff started happening uh i kind of got caught up in that too a little bit and so but by that time my mom and parents them had moved from from uh neighborhood over to golden hills on 28th and beach street which was right down the hill from the coast so it was a good spot for me because i wasn't actually on the set but it only took about 10 15 minutes to walk down to the set right so really golden hills kind of became our set too because that's where i lived and we hung out up there too and i, I lived there most of my time and then my mom moved out to east daigle uh east san diego and i believe and this is just my thing i believe that's why uh east daigle mob are crips right because um uh when i lived when we moved out there there was no east daigle mob but the but all my homies came out there the coast and we hung out with a lot of those guys and even some of them became west coast crips but i believe that's why because of the close connection that's why east daigle mob uh became crips you know because of that connection with west coast so uh what was your first time like experiencing um or seeing any type of like gang activity uh in your neighborhood um it was when I got into the seventh grade, right? I graduated from sixth to the seventh grade. And um, uh, I was, um, I think I was about 12 years old, whatever. Yeah, about 12 years old in the seventh grade. And um, uh, back then, you know, they had the busing, right? Where they would bus you out to uh, a white school. And so they bust us out to, I think it was Maryland, they, they called it, and uh, in La Jolla. And I didn't realize it then, but now I realize it is that they were finding any excuse to kick you out. Uh, every day, people we knew was getting kicked out of La Jolla and had to go to Memorial. I mean, uh, kicked out of Merlin's and not Merlin's. Was it Merlin's? I, I can't remember what school it was, but it was out in La Jolla. I'm thinking it was Merlin's. Um, but um, I got kicked out. Uh, you know, I don't know how long I was going there. It, had, it couldn't have been. Uh, more, hold on, let me turn this off. God, I was in the day, but they're showing up. Um, I got kicked out, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, and then I went to Memorial, right? And and when I first went there, I didn't see any gang activity or anything like that. Um, but I remember one day, I, I don't know how long I was going there, but I remember one day going there, going to school, and I saw these guys running around acting like they were gang members, right? But these guys, as when I when I finally got involved in the gang lifestyle, I realized that they weren't, they were just pretending, right? And pretending that they were trying to act like but when I saw that my curiosity uh, really really got me right it's it got me and but what ended up happening was is that you know when you when you're going to school and then when you you live over there you're hanging out and you're going to the park you hang out in the community you start running across uh, some of the guys right that that are banging and, and so on but uh, uh, this it, it really wasn't it, it was it wasn't that transition yet from uh, into Crips, but West Coast, uh, West Coast LTD, which I believe stood for Limited, and uh, kind of like a car club to my understanding. And then uh, from there, it, it became uh, West Coast Wrecking Crew. A lot of people know them, but they had the bumper jacket that said West Coast LTD on it. And um, they were organized, and they used to have parties at Memorial Park and things like that. But those guys, the, the OGs, the founders of West Coast Crip, um, West Coast, I should say, and West Coast Crip, um, 
I used to see them. We used to see them, right? You know, because you know when you when you're when you're in your community, and you see them, and a lot of times when we saw them, um, we admired them because they they seemed like they were kind of for me. They were kind of like the heroes in the community. They were kind of like the people that everybody's looking up to and everybody feared, right? And even myself, you know, and my and 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 my friends like Laverde and all of us that that would see them, we admired them like, man, these dudes are raw. They, man, can't nobody, you know, we, we thought that they were the toughest group of, the toughest gang in, in San Diego. Because everywhere we went, no matter where we went, as soon as we saw them, when they were thrown down, uh, they turned it out, right? And that was, you know, you talking about people like Sitting Bull, 4-5, uh, uh, Byron BK, all, the, all these guys, you know, uh, um, uh, smiling out, killer, killer shark. Uh, a lot of guys that I looked up to that was older than me that that was kind of the original founders of this, and so on. And um, I admired these guys, right? And um, and looked up to them. And what end up what ended up happening for me is that you know me, Laverne, and all of us, you know, because we lived over there, we claimed that hey, this is our set, you know. But we at really wasn't at, like in it. Go ahead. At what age did you start claiming? Would you say? I say around twelve. I kind of like when I when I started going, I, I and 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 going to the park and different things like that. We started, even though, and let me just back up and say this: like the 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 originals, the homies, the founders, they in a way they would have let us, you know, uh, claim, right? So we were like wannabes, you know, saying that this was our set. So make that clear. But I would say like when it really, 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 really like kind of turned up for me. I think I was around thirteen years old maybe yeah 13 years old i had to probably in the eighth grade um i think that's when it when it was and um for me on a personal level um uh, i i had a friend um named um rick um uh ricky otis and um we we were going to school together and he his brother was four five <laughs> so rick was was already banging hard you know talking about i'm little four five and all this and and um so we started hanging out together. Yeah, I'm from the coast too. You know, I didn't have no crib name, but at that time, God, I think I got my crib name was in the ninth grade. But I was running with him too, cause everybody just called me Corn. But um, I was running, and I and I remember this is like when I knew that this was it. This was my life. You know, before I was just wanna be. I just wanted to hang out, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm from the coast, but really, you know, wasn't from the coast from perspective of running with the homies and stuff like that. But at the age of 13 and then going to 14 is when it really kind of turned up for me. And I can't remember if I was 13 or 14 years old, but I remember I was, uh, I was with Rick and, and, and uh, I went over to his house, Lofo 5, and his brother, Fofi, they were getting ready to go to South Crest Park because they were some, because back during those days, there would be, uh, you would have bands and different things that would come to the parks and play. They would go to Ocean View Park, uh, different parks. And so most of the time we had to, the coast, we always had to go across town to have a good time. We could never, like, we never had anything on our side of town. So, you know, we, you know, so that was just normal for us. You know, we go into enemy territory and we're going to do what we're going to do. Back then, it wasn't Five Nine Brims. It was um, uh, uh, Central City Gangsters. But I remember us being at South Crest Park, and there were some Central City Gangsters up there. And I'm, I'm here, I'm young, you know, around 13, 14, whatever age I was. And I'm with the homies and stuff, you know, hanging out thinking I'm somebody, you know, with all these big homies and stuff. And um, I remember um, uh, 
something's about to jump off and all the coasters they went into the bathroom so i said let me go in and see what's going on so i went in there with them you know i'm just in the back observing checking it out but i'm with them because i'm with four five you know four five one of the founders you know and um and um one of uh, another gentleman that i grew up with mt uh they call him mt mayo um uh he, he we were the same age but you know he was a gangster way before me but um because and i think in even in elementary he's kind of like a gangster <laughs> but i remember mt uh yeah, we same age, and i saw mt and and everybody surrounding mt and and so they 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 took out a gun it was a sort of rifle and they gave it to him and i saw his boldness like man he, he you know he ready to throw down here <laughs> you know so when i saw that it kind of inspired me from the perspective of you know violence and gangs and things like that man this is what i want to do because they were together they were organized and they looked out for each other they had your back they made you feel welcome they made you feel apart you know what i mean and and it was it was a camaraderie and a unity that was there that was stronger than any bond that a parent or anyone else could have you know and i'm exaggerating when i say that but that's really the way it was i i got to a place to where that i was saying when i'm talking about west coast crib i love my set just like i love my mama right that's that's how deep and I was in it. That's how I felt about my set. And that's the way we felt about each other, right? We were sold out for each other. And when I saw that unity, that togetherness, when I saw how how bold and courageous they were and how they were, nobody got shot or anything, but they were thinking that someone's geared to jump off and they was ready to throw down, right? Because we, of course, outnumbered it uh, over there and so on. But nothing nothing really went down that day. But that was the day that I knew that, that like, this is the life I want to live. This This is it. I felt connected, I felt accepted, nobody judged me or anything. And and from that day forward, it was on. I was like, hey, West Coast, and we became roller coasters, right? The Young Bucks. Uh, I don't know when that song came out. The song came out uh, a little later, but I think it was like in 76 or somewhere around there. And um, uh, let me see, it's, it's 72. 72, 73, 74, 75. So it was about, yeah, I was about 14 years old. And I remember that song came out, Roller Coasters, and we became uh, that that first West Coast Crip Young Buck crew, right? And we called ourselves the Roller Coasters, the youngsters did, because we couldn't run with the OG. We ran with them, but they had their own, they had their thing, so we had our little clique, our little group. And we called ourselves Roller Coasters off the song, Ohio Players, Roller Coaster. And then we said, Roller Coaster. <laughs> so uh, when would you say that you became official or accepted by your gang then i would say uh that was the that was the moment for me that was the moment when 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 i hooked up with four five and and by the way you know laverde and pooch and all them they came up there they were up there also that same day and so on uh, uh with us all and I, I i think that we you know like i said before we were always claiming and we always saw that as our set but I felt that day it launched us into the mainstream, right, of these guys who started this stuff and these guys who were throwing down and holding down the set and shaking up the whole city, right, at least in the black community, black games. And and it was that day that that I felt like this was it and I was accepted. And so no jump in and all that, you know, you, you have to be introduced to it. You have to be homegrown or what have you and, and things like that. You know, all this stuff they, they do today, I think they got it from somewhere else. But we didn't start out like that, you know. You had to, you had to be introduced to it by someone, kind of like the mafia, you know. Like, you know, they bring somebody in. You have to, it, it had to be that way, or a family member, 
or are homegrown, you know, grew up over there in the community, everybody know you. And if you, you, know, you start claiming, you just gotta show that, you know, you're serious. And you have to put in work, right, to, to demonstrate that. And you're gonna get the opportunity, especially being from the coast, because they were in the stuff every day. So what was it, what was it like in the 70s and 80s? For me, you know, it was, you know, being from the coast, I felt like I was the runt of the litter, right? I felt like, because the people that I ran with, E. Laverne and put all them, 4-5, all these guys, I kind of always looked to them like, man, these dudes ain't scared of nothing. You know, with me, I was scared, you know? Hey, you know, they we, we go somewhere and they tell me, yeah, let's go to this party. I'm saying, ain't that, you know? bloods over there or whoever you know y'all just want to go to the party yeah you know you're afraid of getting shot or anything and so for me it seemed like they weren't scared of nothing you know but for me i, I had fears man and, and i didn't want to die you know what i mean but i i went anyway and i participated anyway and i got caught up in a lot of stuff uh that way did i answer your question what was your no i just mean like overall like you know what was the gang like back five, then like as far as like you know other sets and uh, just everybody in the whole, like the whole gang atmosphere <clears throat> in the 70s and 80s. What is the, in the 70s, 80s, kind of still like it, what it is today from the perspective of the gangs in Southeast San Diego, you know. Um, the only thing was that Emerald Hills was not a gang. Um, uh, Little Africa was not a gang, right? But uh, you did, and then uh, Lincoln Park later in the 70s uh, became, became Lincoln Park. Uh, before then, there were some other different things. Uh, you can, and you talked to them about the history, but it was it was basically um, West Coast Cribs, Central City became Five Nine Brims. Even some people still Central City still say if you find some of the older guys, they'll still tell you they Central City. But uh, Central City gangsters, uh, and by the way, Central City gangsters they they wore blue rags. But I don't know what switched them over and stuff. But then uh, they became Five Nine Brims, um, and so you had uh, West Coast, you had Five Nine, uh, you had uh, the neighborhood Cribs. Then when Lincoln Park came in, Lincoln Park, Pyro's became Bloods. Uh, then you had Skyline. You had Skyline, you had Old Furrow Park. Uh, so it was about, about uh, during that time, six in Southeast. Then of course, outside of Southeast Center, you had Linda Vista Crips. But uh, back in my time, uh, and most of the time, you know, things jumped off two or three different ways, right? If, 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 if some Bloods came through, I sat on the bus and they were disrespecting and one of the things that they didn't know is that one of the homies who got out of the gang, one of the OGs, he got out of the gang and he became a bus driver, right? And I remember one time there was this, uh, I don't know if you're from Skyline or where he's from, but he came through throwing up his set on the bus. And we, and it was the homie that's driving the bus. We said, stop the bus. <laughs> and he stopped the bus and we got him bus and beat him down, beat the dude down, man, because you know he came through disrespecting the set. So you had things like that that happened, you know. Uh, we would go to parties. Uh, we like I said, we always had to go cross town to the parties. So we, so the coast, we got to a place to where we we traveled in in packs, right? Because we knew when we go across town, you know, we're gonna be on enemy territory. But the the the, the fortunate thing for us was is that at least it appeared to me to be this way is that most of the time we had those guys outnumbered on their own set, right? When if we went to a party um, anywhere across town, it became our party. When, the, when we just fighting, it became our party. Of course, fights would break out. We'd get in fights and things like that. But most of the time, we took it over. And those guys from the other side of town, uh, you know, if they be honest, they'll tell you, we took it over. Especially when, when, it was, when it's about fighting and when we was fighting each other. So that was another way we threw down. Then the other way that kind of got us in, they, like I told you, at the parks. 
And back then, most of the time, things jumped off at Ocean View Park, but everyone from San Diego, at least Southeast San Diego, went to Ocean View Park on Sundays. You have bands of different things, people getting high, selling drugs, low riders coming through. You know, you had the whole whole thing happening. And and we would go down there, and by the end of the day, you know, we'd get in a big gang fight, you know, with, with uh, different gangs and so on. So that was stuff that we prepared for, though. We knew that, okay, we get to go here, we're going to be geared to throw down, we about to uh, turn it out. And then other sometimes, maybe at a concert, or, or you happen to, to be somewhere and run across some guys and, and, and things jump off. But it was about fighting. It was about fighting in, i say, the mid-70s and going to the late 70s. Everything was about knuckles, being good with your hands uh, to fight. And every now and then somebody might get stabbed or shot or something like that. But it wasn't like, uh, like it is now, you know, with a lot of these gang members. All they want to do is shoot. And, or they, even if they fight you, they come back and shoot you. Back then, if we got in a fight, I'll see you next time. We're gonna throw down again, right? <laughs> you know, and that's just the way it was, you know. And uh, we didn't have no no guns or anything at that time, and I, I'll tell you about that. But um, uh, wherever we went, you know, yeah, we got into fights. We uh, we we would turn it out. There was a couple times we were outnumbered and so on, but for the most part, um, you know, we 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 traveled in numbers. We say, hey, there's a party over thus and thus, and we all get on the bus. You know, back before we got our cars and stuff, we all get on the bus and catch the bus across town. We'd go to the wherever set they were and and turn go on they set where they hanging out and turn them out right then and there. You know, and and we got them just by sheer numbers though. You know what I mean? We had to we had them outnumbered and um, for the most part. And because like I was telling you, the coast at the beginning is togetherness, it's brotherhood. You know, we had our issues, we fought and had issues and stuff, but we were together, especially when it came. To the enemy. <clears throat> so, what was uh, uh, you guys' relationship with Mexicans back then? <clears throat> that was that. <clears throat> excuse me. That's a good question because, um, and this is what the black gangs don't understand when they're dealing with the coast and what happened when we switched from these to shooting. Is because over in the coast, especially us down in the twenties, the rolling twenties, you know. Um, and I can tell you a story about that. But um, over in the coast, we lived down in the 20s. And down in the 20s, and where we hung out at, in the 20s was where all the Mexicans were. And, and you know, I don't know what happened, but something, eventually what is our corner, you know, uh, uh, 25th Street. Uh, there used to be a liquor store right here called Pass Liquor Store. And this is where we would hang out at, you know, all day long, getting high and so on. Sometimes we'd go across the street. And, and what have you, but this was our spot, 25th Street. And you know, when he got around 9, 10 o'clock, we would walk down in Pier and go up to 30th Street where all the other homies were hanging out. And we would get up there and my homeboy, the one I remember start coin, coining the phrase is uh, Alvin Hayes, who probably gonna be getting out in, in a little bit. He did about uh, almost, he did about 30 years for murder and he's geared to get out. But we stroll up to 30th Imperial and uh, he would see us coming up and he said, here come the 25th Street fellas. Was, but he didn't mean it from a perspective we different from them, but this is where we hung out, right here on 25th Street. And they most of the time hung out on 33rd Street. So you know, there's 25th Street fellas, and there's Tra 33rd, the Trayella. You know, one of the things I used to say is Trayella, Trayella, do like I tell her, come be the best with the 25th Street fellas. And um, then we, we, we went and got some shirts where we put Deuce 5 on the back. That's when we start calling ourselves Deuce 5, and they start calling themselves Trey Trey. And, um, uh, and then from there, it was 4-5, I remember when we was talking about it, and it said, you know, uh, anything from, from the 20s on down is, uh, the 20s on down is uh, rolling 20s, 
and 30s on up and rolling 30s and that's when we became rolling 20s and rolling 30s and so on but uh, uh and so down here the 20s as you see like you see it now that's the way it was back in our days there's a lot of latinos that live here mexicans that lived here and uh, they're friendly now but back in the, back in our days we faced a lot of hostility and that's why we have to equalize it with the with guns and things like that so with the way we were treated even when we hung out here we have to watch our back not just from the black gangs but from the mexican gangs also so we was always under fire and under pressure couldn't a black person couldn't go by chicano couldn't walk by chicano park we had to be careful and we had to wait till everything was over with and done before we did that right uh because you had you know uh, they had whatever they had going on there it was dangerous for us and so um even today i still have a, a certain feeling when they talk about going to chicano park for things because i know how it was back in my days but um what ended up happening was is that we got tired of it right we got tired of them they had us outnumbered they were using sticks and knives and and, and the big old butt belt buckles and things like that to fight us and so we got guns and started shooting them and 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 so they you know either when they ran up on us we packing and we put the heat on them or they mess with us we come right back and sneak up on them <clears throat> and and take care of business and so after we start doing that, I mean, some of them that was like hanging out, uh, living close to where our hangouts were, they moved. They had to get out. Others, when they saw us walking down the street, they didn't bother us no more, unless they had a gun too, and they had to be ready to throw down. But that was the equalizer. And we didn't get guns to kill people or to hurt people, but we got guns to protect ourselves. And so when you, when you talk, and, and, and at that time, over with the gangs over in, in, in um, uh, the black gangs, we were still just fighting. We weren't doing any shooting. We were just fighting. And, and that's the thing like a lot of other gangs don't realize is that at least uh, my homies that I ran with, and in the 30s too, because some things jumped off up there too, is that we had upper hand because we were already at war with the Mexicans and we already had guns and had to start using guns on these guys, right? But we would keep our guns at home and every now and then pack them on us when we're hanging out in front of our house or going to the store and know there's going to be some Mexicans somewhere. So we didn't always have the guns with us, but we had, we had the guns in case we needed them, right? If something jumped off or we knew we was going somewhere and we were going to run into something, then we'd pack them with us. But most of the time we had the guns at home. So when we went to parties across town, we didn't take our guns. You know, we, we just went and we throw down and fight, whether we went to the park or anything like that. And... Um, where the, I, where I saw the, 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 the turning point, the real turning point, because there's always shootings and things like that, but where I saw the real turning point when it became hard for us to go across town and just party and fight was when uh, Skyline, Skyline um, uh, robbed a gun store and they had a lot of guns and they were jacking us everywhere we went. <laughs> we go to a party, they popping up with all their guns, we had to get up on out of there, right? So then, when we went across town, we started taking our guns too, right? And then it got to a place where you couldn't even like take your gun across town and still party and say somebody run up, they're gonna get blasted. You know, now it's like it got to it got so heavy like uh, I remember one time we walked we drove by this party in Skyline, we was gonna go party and they had all these all these gang members out there and we knew they were packing, so we knew we couldn't go in there, right? So, you know, uh, we had to do the other thing. But what I'm telling you is is that that's when we started doing these drive-bys and stuff because uh, when you're at war, you want to fight and folks don't want to fight no more. They want to shoot. Then, you know, my homies started shooting back. And so it wasn't the coast. The coast didn't start the shooting. The coast 
we held ours through fighting. We held ours. We, you know, uh, the, not all, but most of the homies could throw down, right? And we can hold our own. And so, and, and even we got our butt whooped, we didn't go run home and get a gun. You know, it was like, well, I'll see you next time. We're going to do this again, right? But when it became difficult to